Hello and welcome to this week's episode of my news wrap. Um, welcome to the anniversary episode. So we have we have now nine episodes done and we are now in the tenth one. So it's kind of a little birthday. Okay, um, let's start. What happened in this week in the um, SAP and Microsoft ecosystem and in the world between? Um, first of all, two more references to um, last week's well wrap up on the uh, financial report that um, SAP brought out after the third quarter. Um, there are two more articles um, that I want to bring to your attention. One is in the uh, in the Financial Times about more generally about Christian Klein and well. As the, the headline says, the details guy who has to fix SAP. So it really highlights a little bit um, the different point of view that um, Christian Klein has um, with respect to, to Bill McDermott, for example. So quite interesting read. Maybe if you click on the link, it might be behind a paywall in the meantime. So, um, well, I think you know the trick check Google Cache and um, look if there is some older version available where the paywall was not there. Um, then I have a second article by Diginomica um, that also came out this week by Dan Hewlett um, about Christian Klein who gave an interview in Bloomsburg, uh, for Bloomsburgs and um, seems that he caused some confusion um, around some statements he made. So um, also an interesting read, interesting analysis concerning um, SAP and well, their standing on the especially US market and the message towards the US market. So um, that was it from the, let's say, super high level area. Um, then there was one highlight in this week, um, which is kind of a, a quarterly highlight for me. And that's um, the SAP Coffee Corner talk with uh, Holger Müller from Constellation R, who um, had a talk with Martin Fischer about the state of SAP. Um, so they really, well, I think it was one hour, one hour episode. Um, well, they really talked about everything from the Q3 financial reporting to cloud to um, custom experience or CRM, this area. Um, absolutely must listen to from my perspective if you are around the SAP ecosystem. So um, yeah, either you can, you can listen to it on the usual way, um, SAP Coffee Corner Radio, or um, I also put in the link because um, those interviews are also streamed by, by Holger via Periscope. So if you are more visual guy, you can watch Martin Fischer and, and Holger Müller um, chatting with each other. As I said, absolutely worth watching from my perspective. Then um, let's go to the area of SAP Cloud Platform. There was one news which even made the SAP Developer News Edition be pre-poned to, to one day before, to Thursday, to yesterday, because um, Jürgen Müller announced that 
the SAP Cloud Platform trial um, was extended. As you know, the SAP Cloud Platform trial for Cloud Foundry um, was limited uh, to 30 days plus, um, I think, two extensions up to 90 days. And now it's extended to 12 months. Having said that, um, if you take a look at the, the mechanics in helps.sap.com that I described um, how or what you have to do in order to extend it to 12 months, it's basically you have to push the extend button nine times more. So again, the, the mechanics stay the same. Um, so every 30 days you have to kind of renew your trial, but now it's not no longer renewable after after three times, so after 90 days, but now after 365 days. From my perspective, okay-ish. So um, we, we have now um, um, not that limited uh, trial. However, for me, it's a complete duct tape solution. So it's, it's um, first of all, I do not understand why it took them so long to, to make this extension mechanic work nine times more or, or 10 times more. Um, that's an if or something like that to, to correct. Um, and second, it's still dead end. So there is no way to, to switch from um, trial to a productive version. So every prototype, every um, sandboxing that you do after 12 months, it's over. So debatable. Um, there was some, some chatting going on on Twitter as usual, a lot of chatting. Um, and well, as usual, SAP said, that's the first step. Um, and concerning the free tiering, that was also um, announced during VSAG. This is something that will probably come um, at SAP Tacket, and I'm, I'm curious what they will bring up there, um, how the free tiering will then look like. Um, nevertheless, um, at least this 90-day this limitation is gone now. Then there is another thing that, that crossed my my path um, concerning SAP Cloud Platform, more um, for the people who want to get an introduction, who want to, to start off in the field of SAP Cloud Platform. There was a SAP community call, um, so one format that the SAP community offers, and one of the SAP champions um, gave a virtual tour. It was um, David Ruiz Badia, um, who gave uh, a nice tour around SAP Cloud Platform, uh, stating unboxing the SAP Cloud Platform. From my perspective, it's really a, a very nice and comprehensive overview how SAP Cloud Platform works, what terminology is used, uh, for example, as you can see here, what are global accounts, sub-accounts, entitlements, and so on and so forth, and how to, do they belong together. Um, unfortunately, it's restricted as far as I have seen from the slides to Cloud Foundry. So nothing about Kima, nothing about ABAP. Um, but nevertheless, I, I would say if you start, if you want to get an overview, take a look at um, this virtual tour by this by the SAP champion. 
Then let's move on to uh, the cloud application programming model. There was one uh, brand new blog article uh, from the area of UI5 where um, they announced just of today um, a new um, sample in the, the GitHub repository of SAP, which is a full stack sample from UI5 using uh, the cloud application programming model and OData version 4 plus um, draft. Um, the code is available on GitHub. I, I had a first draft look at it. Um, yeah, it's, it's an end-to-end -end example and I think it's highly appreciated that OData v4 and draft mode are in there. The data model is not really complex, um, which well has some pros and cons. Um, and what's, what's a limitation that's also mentioned within the GitHub repository is um, there is no deployment in there. So it's just made for um, local execution, for local playing around, so no deployment to a uh, cloud platform. That's something that you have to keep in mind when you take a look at that. So it's not the, the complete story if you want to build an application, but some, some pieces, some essential pieces um, that you can use in order to get your stuff started. Then um, I want to do some kind of cross-promotion. So I started another format. Um, I decided since Schema is now available on SAP Cloud Platform to really focus and, and learn or relearn Schema. Um, and I, I'm happy to invite you to join my journey. Um, I will push out videos on a more or less regular basis. So I try to push them out um, well, every two weeks at least, but don't don't get me on that. That's not an, an SLA. Um, and I will really um, start from scratch. So um, I have already two episodes out, one about the introduction and one about how to set up Kima and how to, to walk through this um, Kima dashboard. And the next one will be deployment of a sample app. You will have it then available on YouTube. If you want to get updated, um, follow me on YouTube. Um, you can follow me on, on GitHub. It's a repo that's um, laying there behind or Twitter, LinkedIn. I will push um, my notifications out there once a new episode is available. Okay, then um, one or two last um, last points about SAP Cloud Platform focusing on Steampunk. Um, there is one article by Andre Fischer about his um, RESTful application, uh, RESTful application, a RESTful ABAP programming um, generator in context of the currently um, running OpenSAP course on on the um, RAP programming model. Um, if you missed week two, and there was quite some coding going on as far as I could see, um, you can give that a kickstart by using the generator in order to get all the, the artifacts, all the objects created. So I think that's also a nice way if you've done it manually, now to check out what can this generator do for you and um, how does it make your life easier. And last week I forgot to mention one blog. I had it in the GitHub repo, but um, I did not mention it in the in the session. So I, 
I want to um, um, redo that here. Uh, it's about an article or a quite lengthy blog, which has a lot of references in there about ABAP custom code migration and uh, from SAP S4HANA to, to Steampunk. And there are well, a lot of, of references in there all around this area of um, custom code migration, ATC, so ABAP test cockpit and the ABAP environment. So if you are working in that area, I think that's definitely worth a look because there are really tons of references in there. Then before I head over to uh, the, the Microsoft part of the house, I um, would like to highlight one further contribution of the SAP community. There was an SAP community call about um, efficient BevOps with SAP Cloud Platform that was hosted by Boris Tsarske. If you're around the DevOps area in the SAP world, then you probably know Boris. Um, I, I have not watched it, but I, I know Boris and I'm quite sure that's a really cool session um, around the area of DevOps with SAP Cloud Platform. A lot of links are there, um, a lot of updated information because this is a quite vibrant area at SAP. Now let's switch to um, the Microsoft area. I have no general news about Microsoft, so nothing crossed my, my way this week. Um, but I have quite some topics to um, say about Azure Functions. Last week I said um, Azure Functions will receive a new functionality, namely um, uh, retry policies, handling errors with, and, and do retries. And I said the, uh, the rollout would take some time. Now we are here. Stuff was rolled out, it's available. Um, and you can now use retry policies, at least in a, in a preview version, with your Azure Functions. Documentation is updated, documentation is out, so have fun with that one. Uh, last week I also announced the availability of creating Azure Functions with um, the Open API specification, or using the OPI Open API specification. And uh, that was already documented last week. The um, tooling was updated within Visual Studio Code. And there is now already one post from the functions team um, that well, gives you a little guidance, a little example on how to make use of the tooling um, and how, uh, well, let's say a little bit how the, the, the mechanics work behind the scenes, um, what to expect from this functionality. Then um, another cool, really cool example of how to make use of Azure Functions, um, namely um, combining Azure Functions with Azure DevOps in order to create release nodes out of Azure DevOps. So a scenario is you have um, your repository and your, your um, pipelines within Azure DevOps you use the wiki that's available within Azure DevOps in order to document your project and in order to create release notes. And now this blog guides you through um, creating these release notes in an automatic way by um, triggering an Azure function when uh, certain branches are, are merged. 
and then um, well extracting all the relevant information from the um, scrum board for the um, uh, um, yeah for the for the user stories and so on and, and for the bug fixing and transferred it to the wiki in Azure DevOps. I think that's really quite usable because this is something that's always not the task that any developer wants to do. And if you can automate that, I think that's quite cool. And again, Azure functions for the win. Then I have one further thing about Azure functions. If you have not yet started with Azure functions, um, that's sad, but um, there is now another format that will make your life easier to start with Azure Functions, and that's the so-called Azure Functions University. That um, is a community initiative triggered by uh, Mark Dwicker and um, Gwyneth, Gwyneth Peña Seguenza. Uh, I hope I pronounced it correctly. Um, both are kind of rock stars in the Azure Functions area. They, they already brought out quite some content and now um, they joined together and have a very cool initiative around learning Azure functions um, from scratch. That's really cool. And what's also cool, it's not a, a gated approach. So you can open up issues if you want to, to learn something specific, you can make proposals, hey, I would learn more about this and that. Um, and you can also open up issues if you want to host a session. So, so contribute and do the session with those two superstars on whatever um, is there around. Um, it's described here uh, within the uh, GitHub repo. So how to contribute. They have a guide for that. Um, at the end of the day, open up an issue. And um, if you want to make a contribution, and then Mark or um, Gwyneth will get in touch with you. There is already one session out about um, HTTP triggered functions. So Leslie one is out. Um, looking forward to upcoming episodes of this format. Then one last thing about Azure functions, namely um, Azure durable functions. If you're working with, with Azure Durable Functions, there is one thing that you probably have seen when you um, took a look how Azure Durable Functions work, um, especially concerning managing the state. So they, they do a lot within um, the, the storage area. So they store a lot of information in order to be able to handle this stateful approach within Azure Functions. And if you do that in a productive environment, the execution history will grow and grow and grow and grow, uh, which means you have a lot of unnecessary stuff. If the execution was successful, you do not have to, to keep that up. And there is one blog post um, um, that describes how you can clean up these uh, execution histories for Azure durable functions. It's um, for C Sharp, but at, uh, Basic concept can also be done via uh, TypeScript or whatsoever. That was it from the Azure function part. Um, I have now two more general or yeah stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else. 
there is one very very interesting and and quite comprehensive article about uh, creating uh, Kubernetes clusters, so Azure managed Kubernetes clusters, AKS clusters um, using Terraform. As you know, um, if you do infrastructure as code on Azure, you can use um, ARM templates. There is this new initiative, uh, Azure Bicep, but it's now available in version 2.0 as I'm making this video. So <clears throat> uh, there's quite some, some path to go until it's ready for productive usage. Um, but you can also use Terraform. And this article now really describes not only how to set up your cluster, um, but really um, concerning a lot of, of configurations that you can and should do when you set up this, this cluster via uh, Terraform templates. So I think valuable resource. Then one article that I simply want to mention that doesn't fit, well, that, that fits in both worlds, Microsoft and, and SAP, but it's from a completely different area. Um, maybe you know Container Solutions, that's one of the, let's say, go-to consulting companies when it comes to containerized workloads. And they uh, brought up a nice um, area on their homepage that's called, uh, what the fuck is cloud native? I think, um, worth worth reading, worth uh, watching the videos because there is a lot of buzz around Cloud Native, but um, well, I think we are not all talking about the same when we say Cloud Native and that's, that's nice that they try to kind of set a baseline. Then um, let's switch to the area of education and, and um, sessions that come up. There is one session that I want to, to draw your attention to about SAP integration. It's, well, in German, so in German language, it's about SAP on Azure concerning the success factor of, not success factors, success factor of integration. So um, focusing really on, on this integration topic when it comes to combine SAP on Azure, it's on the um, 11th, 11th of November. You can register for free on Eventbrite. Um, it's done by a, by a consulting company called Quibic uh, that is located in Hamburg. So I, I was once in a, in a webinar of them. I enjoyed it, so I think I will also go there. And that's why I wanted to highlight that one. Then, um, more generically, if you are around the Azure developer ecosystem, there is one Azure developer community day coming up in December. It's usually announced in all Azure dev meetup groups. Um, I have here now linked the one from Munich. And this is one day of learning, of, of exchanging, as far as that's possible in this virtual formats. Um, there are different uh, topic tracks. Uh, one is cloud native and serverless. Um, one is IoT, collaboration and no code, and an open track. Um, and you can register. It's on the 8th of December. So starting when SAP Ticket starts. Okay, so there's a parallel event, but well, it's up to you where to join. And if you want to learn .NET, um, there is now a .NET learning challenge out um, that was um, announced on 1st of November with over 40 hours of free learning around C-sharp, uh, .NET, 
blazer static web apps and so on and so forth so if you want to to dig deeper into the .NET ecosystem which um, I, I would recommend from my perspective so I'm, I'm definitely not uh, a connoisseur of the .NET ecosystem but um, what I have seen is really cool stuff so if you want to dig into that well, that's the area now um, there is another event coming up um, hosted by, by GitHub it's GitHub Universe it's also in parallel to TechEd um, well it's it's all around um, all around uh, GitHub development with GitHub secure development it's about DevOps it's about open source communities um, some sessions are already scheduled of course it's for free so I think there is will be quite some nice content coming up so um, before I finish I introduced a new section for for this week because there are two things that I want to highlight or there are two things that I would like to highlight but there is no news on them maybe you remember that OpenSAP wanted to bring out um, an OpenSAP course around extending SAP processes with Microsoft Azure in October we have now November uh, nothing happened it was postponed it will be rescheduled and in September they said well they it will be rescheduled in the near future and I picked it up in October because well near future is a kind of fuzzy statement um, and they replied well at the end of October so at the beginning of November that the course is still on hold um, not the coolest message to be honest so if somebody from open sap if somebody from sap is watching um this is something i never saw that before on open sap and i can guess that it's around politics between sap and microsoft but um, we as developers do not really appreciate this next thing i already said there are some um events in parallel to SAP TechEd, um, as I mentioned before. I would have loved to um, announce something about SAP TechEd, like uh, that the schedule is available, that you can register because it's only one month away. Um, well, I would have liked to. Nothing is here. So you can still just see some things some some basic uh, pillars what will be discussed like integrated intelligence suite um, so the the high level buzzwords are there but no details no nothing um, so you can also not register you cannot um, as far as i have seen you cannot how shall i say uh, um, subscribe to to a news channel so that you get push notifications when something happens so um, from my perspective really strange because this is one of the it's the biggest event it's not one of the biggest events it's the biggest event in the sap ecosystem when it comes to technical education when it comes to developers highly appreciated the the um, deftover fest great but um i mean the the real real thing usually in the year is TechEd, and having no information one month before the start is kind of a from my perspective, kind of a strange message to the developers out there in the SAP ecosystem. Well, that's that's enough for, for ranting. 
um, about education on the SAP side, but um, well, I really currently, honestly, frankly speaking, do not really get um, where, where SAP is heading with respect to developer education because it's kind of strange. Uh, nevertheless, I highly recommend you to, to educate yourself um, in that area, um, but some, some nice things would be appreciated around SAP and Microsoft and TechEd. Now, perhaps next week, let's see if I have some news there. Let's keep our fingers crossed. And one last thing from the area of uh, productivity. One thing that we all looked forward to if we are working um, for different um, companies and have to go to and use Microsoft Teams with um, different accounts, different organizations. Starting in December, a new feature will be rolled out that makes your life much, much easier concerning using multiple accounts, using multiple organizations. So um, that was quite some <laughs> uh, hyped at, at uh, Twitter um, because that is, is highly appreciated and was kind of overdue to come because that's really a pain when, uh, when you have to do so. Okay, um, with that last news that we are all looking forward in December, um, I thank you for joining, I thank you for listening, and well, I hope to see you next week. Until then, have a nice Friday, have a nice weekend, and bye.